Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. are back happy saturday grinders this is the weekend grind podcast brought to you by rotorgrinders.com post all-star break we're back in the swing of things here happy to be here with you guys it's the weekend grind crew i'm josh sir giant as always with my co-host mr chalk travis mangone Travis, how you doing, man? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Just uh, getting ready for uh, you know another slate. Uh, we got six games on Fanduel and seven on DraftKings, so it should be should be a lot of fun. Seven thirty lock time on both sites. We get that extra thirty minutes too. Uh, kind of excited for this slate. I think it's a I think it's a pretty fun one. Yeah, we uh, see the slates got split a little bit. We got six on Fanduel and seven on DraftKings, as you mentioned. We were just actually talking about this, uh, you know, pre-recording that. You know, it's nicer this way. You don't have to worry about the island game. Just uh, dragging on, you said, right? Yeah, I just, like, last night we felt like we had that game, that Bulls-Lakers game. I don't think it was a bad game to target, but um, I was kind of just like, my laps were already done, and I was like, oh, can this thing just end? Uh, I was just kind of done with it, but uh, I don't know. It just easier to like end the slate all kind of at once than rather with that one game and hey it's the kings and lakers and no one likes rostering anyone from those games it's really kind of a pain uh those two teams right now so uh kind of happy they kept that one off the slate yeah so i guess that comes down to game selection site selection so maybe on a day like this if you do not want to play uh, a slate that includes that last game you have the option on FanDuel. if you do for some reason really like that last game and we will cover it here for you guys of course on the podcast uh, you know, you go ahead and play on DraftKings, get your action over there. But go ahead, give us both a follow on Twitter. You can follow me at Real Joshua Giant. That's at Real Joshua Giant. You can follow Travis at Travis Mango and at Travis M A N G O N E. And Travis, he's writing the grind down today, right? As usual. Yep, yep, writing the grind down. So that'll be, uh, you know, that'll be up uh, probably later on in the day, and uh, should be good. Yeah, great content always when uh, Travis does the grind grind down. Really deep thoughts and analysis from a guy who has been doing this successfully for a while so really make sure you check out Travis's grind not just saying that because he's my buddy and my co-host saying that because I truly do believe that but uh yeah you know it's uh back from the all-star break did you get do you have any withdrawals when it was going on did you study a little bit did you go back and look at how your season's gone what'd you do for the all-star break Travis uh i didn't do much i just kind of sat back relaxed and uh enjoyed so uh yeah i didn't do like a lot of like deep analysis of what was i doing right and wrong maybe i should have but uh i don't know i things have gone well this season so i just uh kind of took a little mental break and then dove back in and uh so far uh not too bad no complaints so far but uh well actually there are some complaints we'll get to it when we talk about one of the teams but other than that uh kind of excited for it to be back uh, this slate's kind of got me really excited the last two slates i haven't loved but this one I, i'm really feeling like a good about yeah you have absolutely smashed this season so if it ain't broke don't fix it right just uh stay on the swing of things 
Yeah, yeah, no issues here. So, uh, yeah, but let's dive right in, man. I, I like this slate. I'm, I'm really getting into this one. All right, so let's look at the first game on the slate. 7.30 p.m. is the lock time, Eastern time. We've got the Memphis Grizzlies in Miami against the Heat. Pace down game here. 195 is the game total. The Miami Heat are eight-point home favorites here. Uh, some news and notes from this game. Tyreek might be sauced out of this game with a ribs injury. Uh, so we, we're going to try to figure out what's going on there. He left the game yesterday, did not return. Uh, Kelly Linick should still be out with that shoulder injury. Wayne Selden out with that knee injury. Chandler Parsons still out. He's sick. Um, Gruder still out with the leg. So there's still there's some injuries lingering around here, right? We're going to wait on the Tyreek news. Is that important to you today? Yeah, so it is important, but it's... So this is definitely like the least appealing game on the slate, right? 195 team total, one that you really don't want to target that much, but the injuries kind of force you to uh, target them. And one thing that's kind of nice about this game is everyone was playing Andrew Harrison yesterday. A uh, reason why was first game back from the all-star break. We really didn't have a ton of value that was opened up because, you know, all these guys are healthy and whatnot. Andrew Harrison was uh, not as good of a value play basically until, you know, Tyreek Evans went down. Like Tyreek Evans being down is what really helps his value. Uh, I know he played 30 minutes yesterday, but like uh, Andrew Harrison uh, is a much better play when Tyreek Evans is hurt. People were playing Andrew Harrison yesterday because Mario Chalmers was possibly not going to play, but then Chalmers played. It absolutely killed his value. But when Tyreek is out, I mean, it's a big bump for Andrew Harrison and people from, you know, rostering him yesterday might not want to go back to the well on Andrew Harrison. I think it's a great idea to, again, I don't know, right? Recency bias. It normally takes people off him, but I, I think if Evans does end up sitting, I think people will all just jump back in and be like, okay, uh, it's time to, you know, play Andrew Harrison. I think some people will jump in and some won't. And I, I'm, I think I'm going to be one of the guys that jumps right in. The problem is, is this total, right? 195 team total. It's not one that I typically like to target, but price just seems too cheap, too good of a situation. So I think I'll get some exposure to Andrew Harrison. Mario Chalmers, he still saw a decent amount of run. And if Evan sits, I think that could obviously still help Chalmers. He played 25 minutes, wasn't good in those 25 minutes, but he did play 25. So I would expect he could get some more time too, and maybe some more usage. So maybe in the revenge spot, uh, that's a little interesting, you know, narrative street have to give that a little shout out, but other than that, like, I don't really want to touch these other guys. Like, Marc Gasol, uh, you know, normally if, like, a guy like Tyreek Evans sits, there's just so much usage for Gasol. But I heard that the Grizzlies, I read on Twitter yesterday, that, like, they're going to start limiting Gasol and Evans. They said, oh, we don't know when we're going to do it, but it's going to happen. Uh, if Evans doesn't play, there's just no reason to, like, run Gasol out there, like, a ton of minutes and just have him, like, overwork himself. So they'll probably just have him go out there and run through the motions and uh, kind of just let these other young guys chuck up the ball. So, again, I really think it's going to be uh, me keying in on, like, Andrew Harrison is the main value on the Memphis side of the ball for me. Uh, what about you, Josh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like playing guards against Miami. I just really don't like doing it. They're so great at defending the guard position. They always have been. They're just built to do that, and they're really good at suppressing uh, that kind of fast-paced play that – you know, guards try to bring down court. Like a guy like Tyreek adds like like a spark to the offense, right? So even if he played, like I don't think I'm that interested in him. I think I might just pass on this game altogether. The more that I've, um, you know, more that I dive into it, like Harrison, yeah, like he's still cheapish, but he's not like he's 47 on DraftKings, right? So how much is he over on, on Fanduel? He is 5500. Like that's not cheap enough for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna roll this guy out against Miami, even if he gets the minutes. I, I just do not do not play guards against Miami. It's just a personal thing that I do just because I see how well they defend that position. 
Yeah, but here's the problem, right? You have 96 minutes worth of guard minutes, right? You have the point guard and you have the shooting guard. 96 minutes together. And you have three guys to occupy that those minutes. You have Ben McElmore, you have Andrew Harrison, and, and Mario Chalmers. Who else is there? It's not like there's a fourth guy to take up any run there, unless like I'm missing something and missing a guy, and there's like guys that are being shipped in from like the you know the G League or whatever. I, I just there's 96 minutes to go around for three guys. It's just really hard to avoid that in my opinion, and that's kind of like the concern I'm having. Because again, I hate this total. I'm typically someone that targets high totals. I know that's like lame and chalky, but that's kind of something that I do. But the price is just going to be too cheap if Tyreek Evans sits and there's only three guys to play 96 minutes. Again, I know it's not the easiest matchup, but uh, they're cheap, right? It's not like I'm paying like 7k for Andrew Harrison or anything like that. He's really cheap around the industry. So, uh, I don't know. It's tough. I, I think it's uh, something to consider. And again, like, like I said, three guys, if it's three guys for 96 minutes, like I'm assuming at this current time, uh, it's tough to pass on some of these guys. Well, you got Dylan Brooks who could slide over to the two. So that kind of put, puts him into play in that rotation for those minutes. How much, how much of the two has he played this year? Because I, I don't know about that. Like Him at the two doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Has he played a lot of two? Maybe I'm like missing that completely. No, but. no, he's usually been, play, he's been playing the three a lot. But if they have to play him at the two, they will. Yeah, I mean, maybe he gets some run there, but I don't know. It's just There's going to be a lot of minutes for them. Like I said, the fact that we saw you know yesterday Tyreek Evans played 30 minutes, and then you got like Chalmers who played 25. You had Harrison. Harrison played what? He, you know, he played 28 yesterday. Then you had uh, Ben McElmore. He played, let's see, 24 minutes. You got Dylan Brooks. What did he play yesterday? Let's see. He had 31 minutes. Uh, 31 minutes. I mean, there's, there's still minutes to go around for these guys, so it's tough. And again, like I said, their numbers you can see yesterday weren't that great, but that's because Tyreek Evans had the ball in his hand so much. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely going to be – like Tyreek Evans' news is definitely an important one to watch for today. All right, let's flip to the other side of this game. Um, how about you know, your interest in Goran Dragic coming out, putting up a big performance last game, uh, put up 55 uh, DraftKings points yesterday, big game from him. Uh, you know, There's usual suspects here, Tyler Johnson, Richardson, and uh, Whiteside. Any interest in any of these guys here? Uh, yeah, so if I didn't play Goran Dragic against Rajon Rondo defense, which I didn't, and I wanted to, and I liked him, and I talked about how I liked him, uh, I doubt I'll play him here. Uh, again, it's Memphis, right? Slower-paced team. Lesser opportunity. One reason I like Dragic was the uh, matchup against Rondo, the fast-paced game. So, yeah, I, I didn't play him yesterday, and I wanted to, but he just didn't end up fit my uh, you know team, my main team. So I just probably won't play him here today. It doesn't make sense. And point guard is already pretty crowded for me, so. No need for Goran Dragic here. Uh, Josh Richardson, he's another guy, right? I liked him yesterday because of the matchup against the Wings, but uh, this is just not the greatest spot for him. I, it's fine, but I don't need to do that. Like all these other guards, just Miami's like a real hard fade at the guard and like wing position. If there's anyone I'm attacking, it's really at the forward spot because Kelly Olnick is out. They can't run a ton of BAM lineups and white side lineups. Like those guys on the court just don't operate that well together. So that's going to leave James Johnson to get a lot of run. He got a lot of run yesterday against uh, Anthony Davis, which I assumed and I loved him and I got some exposure to him uh, later in the day. And he played 35 minutes. I don't know if he definitely plays 35 today, but uh, I definitely could see him getting a, a pretty healthy run. And I, I think he's going to be the main beneficiary of the Kelly Olnick injury. And again, Memphis is not my favorite place to target guys against, but uh, I do think there's just opportunity there with Olnick out and just James Johnson's price being too cheap around the industry. Yeah, James Johnson is 4600 on DraftKings. That just feels way too cheap for this spot. 
Uh, on FanDuel, I'm pretty sure he's fairly cheap too, right? It was 51. I like yeah, 5100. Yeah, yeah, I like him on DraftKings especially. But you know, Grizzlies 24th in the league at overall rebounding this season. They're, they're not exactly crashing the boards here pretty hard. So if Gasol sits as well as you mentioned, which is a possible narrative here, if if Tyreek sits and then I just take Gasol off the court, uh, James Johnson's going to eat down there, man. Yeah, I doubt Gasol sits, but it just seems like they're just going to run him out there. And he's not—he's just going through the motions, right? So, like, yeah, go out there for eight minutes, do your thing, then we'll take you out, like, in and out. I wouldn't expect that, but they say it's going to happen eventually. And I don't think now's the time yet, but uh, you never know. It's a Saturday, right, in the NBA, so who knows? Yeah, I think we spent way too much time on this game, considering it's probably the weakest game here on the slate. So let's move on to the next one. We've got the Boston Celtics in New York against the Knicks. 207 is the game total. Boston Celtics, four-point road favorites. Now, this Knicks situation, Travis, we get to have some fun, right? Got Porzingis out. You know, we've got we got Mr. Beasley coming out and doing some work now. Uh, Cantor is, is, uh, has been absolutely spectacular with Porzingis off the court this season. So uh, how are we attacking this one, Travis? Yeah, we're not attacking this one. Like, the Knicks are terrible. I'm sick of this team. Pretty done with them in general. Uh, maybe I'm just ranting from the other night with what Jeff Hornacek did, saying, oh, I'm going to start, you know, uh, I'm going to start Enos Cantor, you know, Beasley, Courtney Lee. He said he's going to start all these guys. And then what does he do? He just starts him a, re- like, basically, like, no minutes that, like, it, it was just a really frustrating situation, right? Uh, Cantor played seven minutes in the first half, had one personal foul, and was three for three. Uh, it's clear they were trying to tank and then you know they ended up winning the game against the magic they're playing guys like luke Cornette minutes i mean they're playing 12 guys i mean 12 guys and they're just mixing and matching the minutes it's ridiculous frank nicolina he played 30 minutes trey burke played 30 minutes moutier played 23 the guard situation i believe i saw a quote on twitter from hornacek and i don't really trust him anyways but he basically said hey whichever young guys uh showing he's doing the best and has the hot hand that's who i'm gonna go with so uh that's the hashtag analysis from jeff hornacek uh trey burke had 22 shots last game so he and he was 12 for 22 so he was the hot hand so he got to get a lot of the uh, opportunities so yeah i i can't really predict this point guard situation for you, Josh. It's whoever the hot hand is. So good luck trying to figure that out between uh, Burke, Nicolina, and Moutier. And then this front court, like I just can't trust the minutes. I can't trust 23 minutes of Michael Beasley, 21 minutes of Cantor, and 14 minutes of Courtney Lee. It just seems like those are like the three odd men out of the starters. Hardaway Jr. got 35 minutes, so I'm assuming he's considered one of the young guys that he's still going to keep running out there. You know, got 19 shots. Uh, is a guy that they're paying a lot of money, so I'm assuming they're going to run him out there. And I guess he's like their franchise guy right now. You could call him uh, at this current time so yeah it's just a really uh muddy situation and the main way to sum this team up is to fade them for the most part and if you want to play like the roulette wheel of uh the guards i understand it and i think if you're building multiple lineups you're going to want to mix and match them throughout your lineups but uh, i'm more of a one lineup guy so i'm not going to be mixing and matching these uh you know cheap point guards i want beasley man I don't know, Josh. I uh, you don't want Beasley. I'm telling you right now. I get why you want Beasley, but you don't. He Hornacek will not play him the minutes that you're expecting. I'm telling you. He didn't even play that many minutes. Here's here's my thing. Um, in the three games against the Celtics that they played this season, he's only averaged 16.5 minutes per game, and in that in those 16 and a half minutes, he's averaged 25.5 fantasy points per game. So if he's gonna get like 25 minutes, I have no issue at this price tag paying for that. 
Now, Cantor gets a bit trickier because Cantor absolutely smashed in the same matchup, too, the last three times. He's averaging 38 DraftKings points per game in just 26 minutes per game in this matchup, three games against Boston this season. So if Cantor gets 30 minutes, he's going to absolutely smash, too. So it just comes down to, like you said, who's going to get the minutes. I'm willing to take that risk on a guy like Beasley, I think, tonight. I get it. I get the upside can be there if he gets the minutes, but I just don't trust Je- trust Jeff Hornacek, and that's okay. When he bites you uh, tonight, you'll you'll be on you'll be on you'll be on the same page as me. Uh, he'll have to bite you today, I guess, for you to learn your lesson, right? To touch the stove. He, I'm telling you, man, he's the worst. He's he said it in his quote. He's gonna play all these young guys. I don't think Michael Beasley is considered in that young guy movement. Uh, they know what he is. Like we already know what Michael Beasley is. He's an absolute chuck. That is the usage monster, and uh, can be really profitable when he's playing with a bad team but i don't know i'm worried about the minutes for sure so we'll have to see if he can get above that 25 minutes but uh yeah uh I'll, it'll be a pass for me josh sorry you think pop and you think that uh pop isn't that bad and then you talk about horror check like this like but pop isn't that bad he is not as bad as you're you're going back to like 2013 2014 pop which was as bad i don't think he's as bad as people think horror check is the stone worst right now also another reason why i don't think you'll want to play beasley as much is we have namanji be elite so who's going to be an elite value play on this slate who's going to occupy a small forward position and again all right there's multi-position eligibility throughout the sites and you can get exposure to a bunch of different guys but he's going to be a guy that's probably going to be in like every single one of your lineups that you make Okay, so let's move to the Boston side then. Uh, anyone here that you're looking at? Uh, yeah. See, Boston's tough, man. Like, I they're so they're like f- almost finally all healthy, right? Like, it seemed like there was always someone that was at least injured, and when they'd start to get healthy, one guy would go down for maybe a week, and then you know he'd get healthy, and then another guy would go down for a week. Aaron Baines is now like the casualty that goes down. And with Marcus Smart being back, I think that really just messes things up with the entire backcourt. Like Kyrie Irving, you can make an argument almost on any slate, hey, this guy has tons of upside because when he gets going and hits from downtown, uh, you know, he's one of the best shooters in the league. But uh, I think he's a pass for me. There's already guys like Westbrook, Curry, and Lillard who I think are way better uh, point guard spend-up options today, so I don't think you need to be playing Kyrie Irving. And then, like, all those other, like, wing players, I just don't think that they're that necessary. With Aaron Baines being out, though, uh, or if he is out, right? I don't know for sure if he's going to, but he didn't return last night's game. I think that makes Al Horford very interesting. Again, uh, I can't really trust the Knicks and know what they're going to do. They they typically run double big man lineups, but with Porzingis out, I could see them going a little bit smaller, right? When we I just kind of rattled off the minutes. Uh, when you see a guy like Moutier playing 23 minutes, when you see Nicolina 30, and Trey Burke 30, I mean, all together, that's that's a that's a ton of minutes between the three of them. That's 83 minutes. Uh, so they're not all just playing uh, point guard. They're getting some like shooting guard minutes together on the court. So all in all, I think this game could go a little bit smaller, and it makes me a little more concerned to, to maybe wanting to get more exposure to Al Horford because I'm not going to see like uh, you know Horford play like a stretch five and play at the four at times with Baines as much. But I think Horford's price is just too cheap for him, right? I know he hasn't been as good recently, but 6600 and 6800 is just too cheap for a guy like Al Horford, and I think he's in play, and he's the main Celtic I would target if I target any. But again, I don't love the Celtic side of the ball uh, that much. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Just too deep of a rotation now to really point guys out. The only guys that we'd really want to keep an eye on is that front court, as you mentioned, because we don't really know what's going on with um, with Baines. And I think once we figure that out, it'll make things a lot easier here for us to, to go from there. Um, interesting. I'm not seeing Baines. Okay, no, here he is. Okay. Um, yeah, just keep an eye on that injury news. We'll figure that out from there, I think. But I'm just not too attracted to the Boston side. Uh, you want to move on to the next game? 
Yeah, I mean, one thing to note, maybe people will ask about this, but if Bain sits, like, could you see Greg Monroe being a guy that actually gets some run here? I mean, he played 19 minutes yesterday and had 20.75 fantasy points. He was only 4K, right? Hit 5X. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they use this as a game to, like, kind of let Greg Monroe kind of get more acclimated to the offense. And maybe they, you know, if Baines is out, maybe he reaches like 22 to 25 minutes, possibly. I, I don't know. I think it's interesting and could happen, but it's such a deep like tournament play where I think we're kind of stretching it and there's already good enough value where we don't have to do that. What about Daniel Thies? Uh, no, thanks for me. No, no Thies on this lead. Uh, I, I, I just don't think too much, not, not enough Boston for me. I don't know. He, yeah, he went off yesterday against Detroit. I was wondering why you mentioned him. Did you see the last game and mentioned it because of that? Well, I watched him play last night. He was just like so ruthlessly. He was just like, he got the ball down low. He was just going for the basket. He didn't care. He was just going for it every single time. And he was great. And he was jumping up and aggressively grabbing boards too. And in this matchup, too, in the three games that they play against New York, he's averaged 18.4 minutes per game and put up 18.8 drafting points per game. So he's around a fancy point per minute in this matchup. If he's going to get extended run with Baines out, I mean, maybe he'll get another 20 minutes tonight. He, I mean, for 3,500, if he gets you, like, 25 fantasy points, that's pretty solid, right? Yeah, I guess I wouldn't hate it. But, yeah, I'm not expecting to shoot eight for 10 again. And, yeah, I don't know. Again, this this Boston team is not one that I have too much interest in today. Yeah, but eight for 10, he wasn't taking jump shots. I mean, well, he, took, well, he made two three-pointers. But other than that, it was all, like, down low. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe I'll if I make a few lineups tonight for tournaments, I'll, I'll throw one of him in there. But uh, maybe we don't have to dig that deep. Well, let's move on to a good game that has, like, so much – to look at here because I'm really excited for this next one. I'm actually just excited in general to watch this game, but there's a lot of fancy goodness here too. We got the Oklahoma City Thunder in Golden State against the Warriors. 232.5 is the game total, and the Golden State Warriors are nine-point home favorites. We've got the clash now. Uh, you know, Westbrook and Durant going back and forth. Another uh, little revenge game. This time it's in Golden State. Um, we've got you know, of course, we've got Steph Curry. We've got Draymond Green. We've got Melo. We've got Paul George, there's just like so much to to watch tonight that's going to be fun to watch. So, uh, Travis, are you loading up on this game? Are you stacking it? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a game that you want to get exposure to, right? Uh, I mean, if you told, if I told you, like, you know, who's the number one guy to spend up on today, it's Russell Westbrook, right? Uh, I think he should come in pretty much all your lineups, but then there's the argument of playing Steph Curry and Damian Lillard for like $2,000 cheaper. I think that, that could make a ton of sense too, but Westbrook is a guy that I definitely am going to get a ton of exposure to. Uh, probably one of my favorite spend-up options on the slate. I uh, have to love him in these two games against uh, Oklahoma, uh, two games against Golden State. You know, has like 64 or 62 fantasy points. Uh, I'm expecting 60 from him today. Uh, I'm just uh, kind of plugging in 60 fantasy points and uh, hoping for even more. Right, getting that 70-point game or so, hopefully. But uh, you have to love him. Amazing spot. We know he's got that bad blood against Kevin Durant, and uh, you know, kind of hates uh, hates Golden State a ton. So he'll be going out there playing with a lot of passion. Love Russell Westbrook on this slate. Paul George is priced up for the situation when Westbrook was out, and I, I get it, right? You can make the argument that this is a good game uh, environment for Paul George. I understand that completely, and sure, he can have 50 fantasy points some games, but it seems like that's like his ceiling. I get it, right? He can have 60 at times. Maybe that's more of his ceiling, but uh, it seems like um, on most nights, it's like he either gets you 30 or he gets you 50, and then somewhere in between. I just don't want to pay that price for that kind of production. I, I don't think I need to go the route of Paul George. Again, there's already a, a very 
cheap value small forward that I'm very interested in. And of course, you, you have to play more than one small forward. But uh, I just think I'd rather find the money for Kevin Durant, who I know hasn't thrived as much in this matchup, but uh, at least the past couple times. But uh, I'd rather take my chance with maybe finding the money for Durant, who seems like a little cheaper than uh, he should be, rather than buying high on uh, Paul George. So that's kind of the approach I'm taking with that. Carmelo Anthony, uh, Josh, you know I hate this guy. I don't like rostering him a ton. I, I faded him most of the year, and it's done me well, but this is one of those spots that I'm interested in. Uh, he's in the conversation. He's making the player pool at the moment, but he could easily get axed, and uh, he's 5,700 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DraftKings. Just seems way too cheap. Like, the, the you know, the carrot's being dangled in front of me. I might take a bite out of it, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it's very tough, and again, power forward's not my favorite position today, and I do think there's some interesting options around that same price tier where I could end up getting off of Anthony. But again, he's definitely in the conversation for me right now. And you have to consider my thinking cash games uh, and tournaments. And the last guy, but not least is Steven Adams. Uh, I think he's another guy. That's a great guy to correlate with Russell Westbrook. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, good price tag around the industry. And Hey, if you're playing Westbrook and uh, Adams doesn't hurt to run it back with a guy like a Curry or a Durant, or maybe even for cheap, like a Clay or a Draymond Green, but that we'll get to the uh, golden state side in a second. Talk about, uh, Oklahoma City for me a little bit, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I just want Westbrook. I'm with you on that. Just plug him in. Take the points. He's going to absolutely smash. I am with you on not paying up for Paul George on the slate. If I get burned by Paul George at this price, that's fine. Because, I mean, Paul George is only $400 uh, cheaper on DraftKings than Kevin Durant. Like, for 400 more, I'll just, I would rather take Durant every time in that spot. Uh, on FanDuel, it's a bit trickier. He's 8,800. Durant's 10.3. So, um, you know, if you need to pick someone here, I'd, I wouldn't mind you going George on FanDuel and then going with uh, KD over on DraftKings. But I agree about Melo, too. Absolutely love his price tag, especially on FanDuel, where you're forced to roster two power forwards. 5700 is way too cheap in, in an up-paced matchup like tonight. 222 uh, half is the game total here, like I mentioned. So it's, you got a, a big-scoring, high-paced game. It's going to stay relatively close. You know, give me, give me, uh, give me some Westbrook and give me uh, Kamal Anthony at five point seven, five point nine on DraftKings too. Mello, Mello could pay off this price tag. He doesn't have to have a crazy game to do it. He took 12, 12 three point shots last game. He took seventeen shots total, I believe, something around there, somewhere between seventeen and, and eighteen shots. Right? Yeah, he took he took seventeen shots last game. Went eight for seventeen from the field. Picked up a few rebounds too, like he's been doing this season. He's been getting aggressive on the boards. I think at this price tag, you you'll be uh, you'll be happy with Mel's performance tonight for sure. He can suck too, though. He can be awful at this price too. Like he'd still not do well. Like it's this this guy is the worst though. Like he's he's looked good. He's had like these juicy matchups all year and done really terrible. Uh, but yeah, it's it it is a good spot and it's like it, the price is starting to get a little too cheap. So uh, we'll have to see if I end up falling on him again. He the last time he played Golden State, I remember he was really high owned and he was this cheap too. But uh, and then he ended up getting hurt in that game. But I don't know, man. We'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, it's the price is very cheap. The upside is there, but the discipline is there too yeah he's not the mellow that you know we, we knew from back in the day but that's why i never paid at the beginning of the season you people were paying 7500 for him 8k for him stuff like that crazy price tags i wait till he's below 6k like this and then i start hopping on the train in these matchups you know so this is this is where this is where you want to play mellow tonight and, and i really do like his price tag a lot so we'll definitely be having some exposure to him and Steven Adams, as you mentioned, I think that he's also a, a decent option. I think that he's in a good spot here as well. We know Golden State struggles at defending opposing centers in the paint, especially offensively. So I think this is a good spot for Adams. But how about the Golden State side? How do we how do we decode this? I, I know for me, I've been thinking, uh, you know, this whole day so far and building, pre-building, 
just kind of running back Westbrook and Curry together and doubling up on a site like FanDuel with two point guards. But uh, what do you think here, Travis? Yeah, there's a good chance that I run that back with Curry. I, I like the idea of that. It makes a ton of sense. After having a big game, you know, he was hot. You want to take Curry when he's like on this hot streak, hitting the ball well, seeing things uh, very well. But then on the other side, you're like, okay, uh, I'm already playing Westbrook, right? So then do I just find 200 more dollars for Damian Lillard against uh, Phoenix? I mean, Phoenix is terrible. Uh, and I mean, it's like the DFS landmine, right? Or not landmine, gold mine, I should say. Uh, it's a spot that you absolutely love to target. So it's definitely an interesting conversation, but I do love Curry today. He's one of my plays that I'm really interested in. Also think like instead of Paul George, like, I said before, I'll just pay up for Kevin Durant. I know he hasn't been as good this year. If you look at his DraftKings points per game against uh, the Thunder, it's definitely a little disappointing. He's had uh, 39.4 uh, DraftKings points per game against the Thunder in his two games. And you'd think, oh, he's probably not shooting that well, but he's shooting, uh, you know, field goal percentage at uh, 0.516, which is, uh, you know, right around the season average, uh, not not too off. It's just mainly he's really struggled in the assist department, right? Uh, 1.5 assists in those games, and his assist average is uh, 5.6 on the season. And then uh, rebounds, he's like at least like 1.2 rebounds down there. So I expect those peripherals to kind of come back his way. And I think Durant is a really good option here. Uh, I think we should see more of the, uh, you know, Kevin Durant that we uh, know and love and i'd rather buy low on his price right would you rather take paul george at 9300 on DraftKings or kevin durant at 97 i think just going kevin durant for 400 more is an absolute no-brainer so like, like him think he's a pretty elite play clay thompson 6100 that price is really cheap if you're like kind of just like looking to get exposure to this game right there's the argument of if i'm playing westbrook and say i want to run it back with like Steven Adams, uh, then I'm kind of running out of money already. And maybe I want to, you know, find a cheap guy like a Clay Thompson to get cheap exposure to the game. I think that's a fine way to do it, right? He's a tournament play only, not really a guy loving cash, but he has upside. So uh, I think Clay is interesting if you need a cheap Golden State guy to run it back with in tournaments. I think that makes sense. And then Draymond Green, 7,800. I feel like he always has upside, right? Almost on any slate, right? This guy, I feel like he's a walking triple, triple double. Uh, not like Westbrook is, but he can do it on almost any game. And he'll likes to show up for these big games. I know he's dealing with a shoulder injury, but uh, yeah, I think 7,800, he has upside. Not one of my favorite plays. Again, I think he's more of a secondary play like Clay Thompson. It's really Curry and Durant are the guys that if I'm, uh, you know, mashing in Westbrook and need to run it back with someone, I'm looking to run it back with Curry and Durant. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Uh, anyone else here you want to mention before we move on to the next one? No, I think this slate is good enough where we don't need to like mess around with these uh, fringe thunder and, uh, Warriors bench guys, right? Normally in like 235, like 14 totals, there's reasons to have interest in the bench guys. But I think this slate's too good where we don't really have to, uh, you know, mess around with that. There's already good enough value around the slate where uh, we don't have to mess around with that. I agree. All right, let's move on to the next game. We've got the Dallas Mavericks in Utah against the Jazz in Salt Lake City, Utah. 205 is the game total. The Jazz are eight-point home favorites here. Uh, Gobert is back and healthy, right? So they, they've got someone down low again, which is nice. Um, on the other side of this, we've got Dennis Smith Jr. who has been having a, a great season here. Just the game total is so low, and I just feel like this is going to kind of be a pace down game. But what do you think, Travis? Uh, yeah, definitely not the uh, sexiest game on the slate, but there's reason to have some interest. It kind of stinks for Dallas. Maybe it doesn't stink, but it's, it's better off the All-Star break to be 
going on the second night of a back-to-back uh, going to Utah, right? It's not the easiest travel, but I guess if you had to choose, it'd be after like a one-week break. So uh, that's definitely going to be uh, playing the Utah's favor really well. I kind of think this is a really good Rudy Gobert spot. Uh, Rudy Gobert had 57 DraftKings points the last time he played against Dallas. Uh, again, I'm not expecting him to do the same, but we know it's Dallas. We know they're terrible on the boards. Is Maxi Kleber, Dirk Nowitzki, and Dwight Powell going to be able to stop uh, Rudy Gobert on the boards? Probably not. Don't love his $8,000 price tag on FanDuel. Sure, he could pay that off, but I really think he's a better play on DraftKings for 7300 That's where I'd get my exposure to him. I think he's a really good play, elite play on the slate. Derek Favors, he's done very well uh, ever since Rodney Hood's been out. Uh, or not out, but got shipped out of town. Really helps helps him with the second team usage. And uh, I think it helps roster a uh, you know tough power forward position on FanDuel where you have to play two. So instead of uh, you know paying 8000 for Gobert, I think on FanDuel it makes sense to go Favors at 6100 On DraftKings, I'd rather just find that extra $1,000 and go from Favors up to uh, uh, Rudy Gobert instead. So that's kind of uh, what I'll do with the Utah front court in order to attack uh, the – horrific Dallas uh, backcourt with Donovan Mitchell on Utah. He's like the main guy in the backcourt that you really want to look at. And I think is interesting. Ricky Rubio is coming off of a game where they played 19 minutes was on a minutes restriction. I'm expecting he'll still probably have some type of minutes restriction. No need to play him at that current price and having to deal with that. It's really going to be Donovan Mitchell's the guy you want uh, seeing such a high usage, putting up a ton of shots. I think this could be a really good tournament play here with Donovan Mitchell, like his upside possibilities. And then uh, Joe Ingles, uh, I'll pass on him at that price way too expensive for me don't think we need to be going that route and all those other utah guys uh unnecessary so for me it's really gobert favors and mitchell are the main guys i'm looking at to uh target yeah i i agree i think it's kind of the same route that i'm gonna go here we know how bad dallas is that ranked dead last in the league at overall rebounding uh ranked in the bottom third of the league at uh defending the three ball so those are the two spots i usually like to attack them is with like you know, outside jump shooters and, and centers who crash the boards pretty hard. Those are the guys I like to target. So Gobert for me is a guy that I like uh, for sure in this matchup. Um, and Donovan Mitchell as well. So those are the two guys that I'd be, I'd be targeting, I think. Um, anyone on the Dallas side that you'd want here? Uh, not really. Uh, I think the main way to summarize Dallas, the more and more I've looked at it, it's like – it's a team that I get it. They, uh, they're cheaper around the industry, right? You look at Harrison Barnes and Dennis Smith Jr. They're like the main guys. Whenever you look at Dallas, you're like, oh, they're probably the guys I have the most interest in. They see the most usage, blah, blah, blah. But uh, point guard and small forward, I already have guys I'm already keying in on, and I just don't think that they're really that necessary on this slate. I get the prices might be a little cheaper, but uh, their passes for me, and like I'm not going to touch that front court. I, I don't ever really play Dirk and Powell or Kleber. I'm not really going to start now. It's very rare I play those guys. and. Uh, J.J. Bray in the starting lineup, I prefer him off the bench, and he's starting, so no thanks. And Wes Matthews, nah, it's just a, a, a huge pass for me on Dallas, I think, today. All right, cool. Let's move on to the next game on the slate. We've got the Chicago Bulls in Minnesota against the T-Wolves. Got no game total or spread yet, but I'm sure it'll pop up soon. Uh, so the Bulls are in an interesting situation. We saw uh, Felicio start <laughs> last night. I'm going to probably get ripped on Twitter for pronouncing his name wrong, but I'm not even going to try. Uh, we, you know, Bobby Portis got a ton of those minutes, and he was really the kid who shined. Zach Levine is there. His price tag's up, though. Um, it's just hard to target these Bulls, man. Like, Chris Dunn is a guy I probably like in this spot against the T-Wolves, but I don't know if I could pull that trigger. There's other point guards I like more. Um, well, how are you handling the Chicago side here, Travis? 
Yeah, so the Chicago side, I have a lot of interest in, actually. I think there's uh, some good plays here. Let's start with the backcourt. Again, uh, the problem with the point guard position today is it's kind of loaded at the top, and there's a lot of guys I like. But uh, Chris Dunn, uh, 6,200 and 6,700 around the industry. In his first revenge game against the uh, Timberwolves in Minnesota, I think there's reasons to like him uh, here a ton. I I like Chris Dunn. I think there's a good opportunity for him. Saw a good amount of usage to the last time out there with the current situation. They're just running the young bulls out there. No Jerry and Grant minutes last game. No Justin Holiday. No Robin Lopez. So with them not playing any minutes, uh, that's definitely going to help out a guy like Chris Dunn. So I like him. I think there's a ton of upside there. Same with Zach Levine. I know the price is kind of expensive. 7200 Makes more sense on Fandle where you have to roster two shooting guards. 7500 on DraftKings. I think he's a good play. Last time out there, he had 46.75 fantasy points, mainly because uh, it looks like he had uh, revenge on his mind. 26 shots, which is uh, something that's out of the norm for him. But uh, he chucked up the ball, obviously, to kind of put on a show and uh, get a little revenge against his team, it seemed like. So uh, Zach Levine... Uh, uh, yeah, he's. I think he's a good play, but he is kind of pricey, but I still think he can obviously pay off that tag. I prefer Chris Dunn, though. I think they're both very elite plays, especially with the current situation and all those guys uh, sitting for the Bulls. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if we look at the the forward position, uh, Josh, it's like David Nuaba. He kind of came out of nowhere and had a uh, really big game. Uh, he had 40 fantasy points last game, uh, and he's starting. I expect him to obviously start again and get a pretty healthy amount of minutes for 4,600. Uh, I think we have to like him. I think he's in the conversation. Not expecting that same game out of him, but I think he's uh, in play on this slate. Like him, uh, even Valentine off the bench, I think there's opportunity there for him to be a, a contrarian tournament play, so I don't hate him. Uh, I think he's someone uh, someone that we have to consider as well. If we look at the front court, uh, I'm not playing Felicio. This guy is not that good of a basketball player. Uh, I played him the last time out there, and probably was a mistake looking back uh, with Embiid being on him and his foul rate. Uh, probably was a mistake, so probably shouldn't have played him. I get it, though. There wasn't a ton of great value on that slate, so and it helped make things work. But no Felicio for me here. I can obviously see Bobby Portis having a good game, but I don't really want to pay that price tag on Bobby Portis. I'm not expecting him to do what he did last time again. Uh, you know, he shot 26 shots, right? That's out of the norm of Bobby Portis. Also on top of that, he was like really kind of motivated in that game. I don't know if you saw like the gif on Twitter or the video, but he was like, I'm getting 40 points. He was like all excited to, uh, you know, uh, keep going. He was just like rolling and hot. So I, I get it. He uh, had a big game and he could have a good game here again at 6,100, but I, I don't think he's the guy I want. If I play anyone, it's going to be Lori Markinen. Uh, maybe it's because I have this like irrational love for him, but I think he's a really talented player. I know he's going through a shooting slump. It's definitely one of my concerns. I played him last game out there. He played 33 minutes and shot one for eight. Uh, again, not that great of a shooting performance, but if anyone can fix that, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? They're definitely not good against stretch bigs. And I could see Laurie Markinen having a pretty good game uh, from downtown. So I think he's the guy that I would prefer to play over Bobby Portis. He'll be contrarian in tournaments too. Uh, people will jump back on Bobby Portis and say, oh, he, you know, expecting a huge game out of him again i'm not expecting felicio to uh you know go out there and play uh only 12 minutes again uh but i i think he could eat in the portis a little bit more and i just think marketing is, is is a better and more talented player so i'll go with him uh people may say oh yeah but they're going with the youth movement now but when have the bulls ever actually been like yeah we're gonna actually run bobby portis out there even after big games they've ended up uh dialing it back with him so I'm going to go with Laurie Markinen in the front court if I had to pick any Bulls guy. Yeah, I like Markinen too. He's tough, though. He's like a tough guy to pin because you don't really know 
um, what marketing you're going to get. You know what I mean? And that's that's been the issue with him. But uh, I don't know. I think Portis is going to be the guy that I really just load up on here. And I want to get some Zach Levine revenge, but I know he smashed last time against him, but I just I don't feel like I, I'm going to pay up for him. So uh, how about on the T-Wolf side, Travis? Any interest here in, this, in Minnesota? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the premier value play of the slate, right? The guy that you're going to want to play is uh, Nemanja Bielitsa. He's the guy you have to play. Is that how you say his uh, name? With Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yes, that is, exactly, that is exactly how you say his name. I got this one right. Uh, and uh, he's he's a guy that, you know, when Jimmy Butler's been out, he's been absolutely amazing. Uh, we know that Tom Thibodeau loves him too, so he's going to get a ton of run. He's definitely the guy that you want the premier value on this slate. So, uh, yeah, give me all in the Manja Bielitsa. I think him and Westbrook should be preloaded in your lineups. Maybe I'm wrong for that take, but uh, see see good games out of those two together. I uh, think that they could have uh, have you uh, doing really well today. And they might be chalky options, but I don't care. I'm going to be eating that chalk with those two guys. I think Bielitsa is the value that you want on this team. If we look at uh, what the Timberwolves could uh, possibly do against the Bulls, I mean, could be a big game for Carl Anthony Towns, right? Uh, I know the first, like the one game that he played against them, Towns did not do so well, right? 31 fantasy points, but no Jimmy Butler. Could be expected to kind of like pick up the load a little bit. I could see if you want to pay up at center. I think Carl Anthony Towns makes sense. Yeah, I could see a lot of people going to the uh, the, the more cheap like mid-tier values on the Timberwolves, though, to kind of mix and match throughout their lineups, right? Like Andrew Wiggins, we've seen him thrive with uh, you know Jimmy Butler off the court, just more shot opportunities for him. So I think this could be a spot where you uh, attack Andrew Wiggins. We like to play him against uh, you know fast-paced teams that don't play a ton of defense. I mean, this could fit Andrew Wiggins really well. Uh, I liked him yesterday against the Rockets. Ended up getting 30 fantasy points. Uh, I think this is a good spot for Wiggins here again. So, uh, yeah, Andrew Wiggins is someone I would look to uh, target. Jeff Teague is a little pricey for me. And, again, like I already like other guys at point guard, so I'm passing on Jeff Teague. No thanks. Uh, but at power forward, I don't hate Taj Gibson. He's someone that you can consider a decent price tag around the industry. Uh, maybe he's got a little revenge on his mind against the Bulls. But uh, it's just one of those situations where, uh, you know, he's just like a safe cash game option that you, uh, I think, can, can consider. But uh, I like Wiggins in tournaments. think he's a really good play. And, again, it's like be elites is like the guy you're going to want to have. Yeah. I mean, that's like this is value that you can't pass up, right? This is one of those spots where you have to play him. Yeah, there's definitely value that you, you don't want to pass up. And with Butler being out too, it's going to help some of those other mid-tier guys to be interesting plays that I think you just mix and match throughout your lineups, like the Wiggins and, and Taj Gibson kind of guys, just because it, uh you know, kind of kind of works. It seems like you're going to go stars and scrubs and then kind of like go with some mid-tier guys that uh, are in good game spots. I do like Wiggins a lot, uh, for sure. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the, the roster construction goes. I'm just waiting for like one more real big value play to pop today to like really make, you know, to make things uh, tie together, so I'm just I'm just experimenting with my, my builds a little bit with that. But uh, let's move on to the next game, unless you have anyone else you want to mention. No, that's about it for we can handle the next game. Alrighty. Um, so the next game here on the slate, we've got the Portland Trailblazers in Phoenix against the Suns. Two twenty one is the game total. Portland Trailblazers seven point road favorites. Oh man, Damian Lillard time, right? Yeah, uh, it makes sense. It's a good spot for him, right? Uh, I was a little disappointed in what he did against Utah yesterday. I thought that was a good spot for him to be like just a contrarian low-owned option because historically he's been pretty good against Utah. But, uh, yeah, I, it just seems like he can sort of be a little uh, – 
unpredictable at times and a little too much of a wide range of outcomes where I think I end up leaning Curry over Lillard just because I want to get, get exposure to the warrior side of the ball and get exposure to that total. And I can see the trailblazers really just kind of blowing out the, uh, the Suns, uh, you know, second night of back-to-back for both teams, but uh, Suns are not that good of a basketball team in general. And uh, on top of that, we have, uh, you know, they just blew out like the, the Jazz, who are a really good team. Uh, at least, maybe not a really good team, but they're they're on a 12-game win streak, right? When you when you end a team's 12-game win streak, you got to be playing uh, some pretty good basketball. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely concerned of the blowout, and uh, I think that Curry is probably my lean over Lillard. But I think Lillard's a really good play. It's the Suns. Uh, I totally get it. I totally understand it so uh i don't know i kind of think most of my roster constructions are not going to lead to lillard but i get him in tournaments i he's a really good play i'd rather look for guys like al farouk aminu maybe get exposure to some of these cheaper guys or the ed davises uh that's kind of the route that i'm taking at this time just trying to find cheap exposure to this game rather than pay up for lillard because again i just feel like i can't afford him but uh, if i was building multiple teams of course i would definitely get a ton of exposure to lillard i'd, I'd want to be on board uh, I like that Lillard-Westbrook uh, combination a lot, to be honest. I think that's a really good route to go. And I, I don't even mind like a Lillard-Curry you know, kind of situation. Yeah, I could I could even see, Josh, it's like if you play Durant, like say I'm FanDuel, right? I could see going like Westbrook-Lillard uh, and then Durant and then mixing in value plays because then you already feel like you got exposure to the Warriors through Durant. So I could even see myself doing that in cash games. Uh, so I'm not like totally putting Lillard off the board yet. But uh, it's 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 just a fun conversation on Fandle between like Curry, Lillard, and Westbrook, and then uh, there's those value plays with the Knicks point guards. There's the possible Andrew Harrison. So there's a lot going on at point guard today, and like Chris Dunn, who we talked about, just so much uh, point guard plays. Yeah, for sure. Um, hmm. So what about McCollum, Travis? That's the question. No, I I don't need to play McCollum today. I, I get it though. Uh, well, I, I think this is a fine play, but there's. <laughs> but wait, what have I told you? that McCollum was going to be under 10% on tonight in this matchup, then would you play him? I mean, I, I don't really play tournaments like that, though. Like, I play I play cash games, Josh, so he's not really going to fit my my build. Like, I get it. I think it makes sense in tournaments, but uh, I already like other guys in that range, right? I think he's a guy I'd rather play. I like Zach Levine. I think I'd rather play him. Uh, I'd rather find Wiggins for a little bit cheaper. Even Donovan Mitchell could be really interesting today. So, I I don't know. CJ McCollum isn't fit the bill for me today. I get it. I understand it. If you're playing tournaments, I think it could be a, a nice contrarian option. I, I don't know. He just seems like he has too much of a wide range of outcomes for me to want to jump on board. I know he can have those big games at times, but uh, it seems like they happen uh, too little enough where I'd rather pass on that. Ugh. But Travis, wait, there's more. In the last two games that he played against Phoenix this season, in 35 minutes, he's averaged 45 DraftKings points. Uh, you cut out for a second, Josh. How many DraftKings points did you say? 45 DraftKings points per game in the, in, the, in the two games he's played against Phoenix this season. 35 minutes per game. 35 minutes and 45 fantasy points. Yeah, I, I get it, Josh. It makes, but there's, there's just other guys in that range I already like, right? I, I'd rather play guy, other guys. So um, I think in tournaments it makes sense. Uh, I think if you know you're playing like 10 tournament teams or 20, 30, whatever many you're playing, I, I don't hate it. But again, that, I'm playing, you know, I play maybe maybe one cash lineup and one tournament lineup on each site, and uh, it's just he's not going to fit my build for me. I get it in tournaments, though. I just think there's other guys I already prefer. I think this could be a really big spot for Zach Levine and the amount of usage he sees. Uh, I think Devin Booker, I mean, 
I, I like everything that he does. I think he's a way more talented player, and at the same price, I think he's too cheap. So, yeah, I'd rather just go to some of these other guys instead at the same position. What if I told you his high school coach is on staff for the Phoenix Suns coaching staff? See, I do love narrative street. I feel like that's this is a fake narrative that you're trying to talk me into. Is this a real narrative here? <laughs> this not, is totally it's fake. It's not a real narrative, but see, I tell you he yeah. averages 45 DraftKings points. No, I don't care about games. the 45 DraftKings points. And you're you like, me, yeah, you I'm like his high school coach. No, 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 no. The the narrative, like, oh. man. Oh, oh my listen, God. Hey, listen, listen, that listen. That holds more weight than, than actual stats? Come on, Travis. Listen, okay, the girlfriend in the crowd narrative was a real or the girlfriend having the favorite team was a real thing. The guy actually literally said, My girlfriend, like CJ McCollum literally said this, Josh. He said, My girlfriend likes the Knicks. So I had to go out there and show her, like, you know, like who, whose team was better. Like, I don't know, man. You know, I'm pretty narrative driven, and I think NBA can be narrative driven with the way you shoot you shoot your shot attempts. There was there was a real reason why Zach Levine went out there, Josh, and shot 26 shots. He doesn't do that. Often, I know the guy likes to chuck the ball, but 26 shot attempts compared to all of his other ones. Again, these guys are narrative driven more than you think. So, uh, again, uh, I don't know. I'm not buying that narrative as much, even if it was there. But, uh, yeah, you tried to catch me for a second, but I caught you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess that would be just like if you want to play Lillard, you play him, right? But, I mean, you can't fade You can't fade both of them. I feel like you have to play McCall and Lillard here. Uh, why do you have to? There's good. There's other good guys in that range. Again, I, I think they're good plays, right? They're Josh. They're good plays, but is it crazy to think that Curry and Westbrook aren't better plays? Is it crazy to think that Devin Booker, Levine, Donovan Mitchell aren't better plays in the same range? Again, I I do think McCollum could be better too, but uh, I, I just think that those guys are better plays personally for me today. But I, I understand your argument. I, I get it completely. But to say that you have to have one of those guys, I think, is uh, a little crazy to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about the other side of this game? Any interest in the Suns? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I like Devin Booker, Alfred Payton too. Uh, I'm a sucker for this guy. Uh, the amount of upside that he can have. So I think Alfred Payton is a fine play. Uh, starting to get a little priced up, uh, but I, I could see him getting even more expensive. So I kind of want to keep buying on him. This is not my favorite matchup to uh, buy an Alfred Payton. And again, point. Point guard is already loaded enough where I think I'm going to pass on him on this slate. Uh, don't hate going to like a TJ Warren and a Josh Jackson. I think those guys could be really interesting uh, mid-tier uh, small forward plays. So I think that going that approach isn't a bad one. Uh, and then Alex Len, right? Uh, I don't know if you uh, were considering him a lot on this slate today, Josh. I know you're looking for some more value, but uh, Alex Len, right? Here's his last two games, 37 minutes, 46.54 fantasy points, and then 24 minutes, 37.1 fantasy points. How can you not like Alex Len here? I think this is a really good spot for him. So uh, at that price tag of 4,500 on FanDuel, let's see what he has on DraftKings. I believe it's still pretty cheap. 5,100 makes it a little bit of a tougher pill to swallow because we know he can have those downside games. But uh, I kind of think we got a, another good game out of Alex Len coming here. So, uh, yeah, sign me up for some Alex Len exposure. Doc. Yeah, I like Alex Len too. I'm on board with that for sure. Um, I, that's where I think I'll go if I need a cheap center. You know, that's that's the spot that I'm going to go for sure. Booker is kind of cheap on uh, DraftKings at 7.4, so don't mind him so much. But, yeah, DraftKings specifically, I love that price on Booker. You're exactly right. Again, another reason why I'm probably not playing CJ McCollum, Josh. Yeah, really like that price tag on DraftKings. Uh, and Peyton, like you said, I think this is a good spot to target him. But I'm, it's just tough because, like, we like so many other point guards better. I think I'm going to end up spending up at the point guard position. Uh, anyone else here that you want to mention, or should we move on to the last game? 
No, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the last game, which is a DraftKings specific uh, play, not on FanDuel. So uh, yeah, just so you guys know, it's not on that slate. Maybe there's like a one game uh, degenerate slate over there for you that you can enter. <laughs> oh god, I hate those. I can't believe that's going on. But anyway, um, yeah, so. We are here in the last game. Like we said, the FanDuel slays. And if you're only playing FanDuel, go ahead, shut it off, and go build your lineups. It's fine. Or you can hang out and talk about a game that's not on your slate. Either way is fine. Josh, uh, they can't leave. Yet. they got to get the lock and load play, right? Oh, yeah. Stick around for the lock and load play of the slate. So here we go. I mean, it's not really much to say about this game anyway, really, to be honest. It's kind of a, a you know, it's kind of a weaker game on the slate. Even, you know, don't let the total and the spread fool you. Like, there's not going to be a ton of fantasy goodness in this game that you're going to be able to like kind of sift out so we got the lakers and the kings uh 221 and a half is the game total one point spread you know if these were any other two teams i feel like we'd have a lot more fun with this game like if we if i didn't show you the teams like when i covered the team names and i showed you like this game total and the spread you'd be like oh yeah i want to load that up right but this is uh this is not that kind of situation so it's kind of weird for me yeah 100 percent agree with that uh, the question is, what's going to go on with Lonzo Ball, right? Uh, he's 6,600 on DraftKings. That's like typically you'd say too cheap for Lonzo Ball. That's kind of, and if he told you he was playing the Kings in this kind of fast paced game that likely stays close because both teams are terrible, uh, I would be like all over Lonzo Ball. He only played 17 minutes in his first game back. And with it being the second night of a back to back, I worry he could sit. I worry there's a minutes restriction too, still, because he had one yesterday. If you tell me that the minutes restriction gets lifted, I know we like point guard a lot, Josh, but man, if I told you you got like 35 minutes Alonzo Ball against the Kings at 6,600, doesn't that seem crazy to not want to get exposure to him? Uh, I don't know. I just think it's something that we have to consider on this slate. So yeah, uh, don't, don't sleep on him. Someone to definitely look at. Um, Isaiah Thomas, he gets a little bit of a revenge against the old Kings team. I feel he's got revenge against everyone the way he's been uh, shopped around the league. Uh, I think if you do hear that Lonzo Ball is sitting, I think this could be a pretty good spot for Isaiah Thomas. Uh, just, you know, getting a nice amount of uh, minutes, 25 minutes the last two games. I don't know if Lonzo will eat into him enough with the minutes restriction where I still think you could probably play him. But if Lonzo did sit, I mean, I feel like that would just give more free reign to a guy like Isaiah. So I think he could be sort of in play in tournaments. Uh, I know Brandon Ingram had a big game last game, but I'm going to pass on him. Don't think I need to go that route. Julius Randle, uh, you know, right off the triple-double game. Uh, I know he's been a good play, but I don't think I need to spend my center money there today on this slate. So I'm going to pass on some of these Lakers. It's really just kind of want to see what happens with Lonzo Ball's minutes and kind of uh, monitor from there. Uh, the Kings side of the ball, man, uh, it's tough. De'Aaron Fox is questionable, uh, so we have to see what they're going to do with him. That could open up some good guard uh, minutes. And like a Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? He had a 4.5 fantasy point game in 19 minutes. That was terrible. But look at the last three games, 37.5 fantasy points, 32.5, 30.75. Uh, this guy's been really good this year, and he gets a matchup against the Lakers, and he's 5,100. It's really hard to not play him if a DRM Fox sits. So I think Bogdan Bogdanovich is certainly in play, someone that you're going to want to consider on this slate a ton. So uh, don't sleep on him. I think he's someone that's really interesting. Uh, again, this is like the fastest-paced team in the league, the Lakers. Uh, we have to have some type of interest in some of these Kings players, it seems like. Scala BCA, he was quite questionable for this game so uh, we'll have to monitor that news and see what happens think willie coley stein could be a really interesting center tournament option too so again i know the kings are not my favorite team to uh, ever target but it's the lakers terrible defensive team fast-paced team i think on DraftKings, they're good guys in the mid-tier to mix and match throughout your lineup so i wouldn't like sleep on them completely yeah i agree with that for sure um 
How about Ingram playing the the point forward position now? Any interest there? No, no. I, I, I again with Lonzo back. I, I, I'm sure that helps him too. But I don't know. I just, I just don't think Ingram really fits my build today. Right? There's just other small forwards I would prefer and whatnot. It's really on the King side of the ball. It's Bogdanovich and Will, like who I, I love a lot. I think this is a, a great bounce back game for him, and I think he's a great DraftKings tournament play. Uh, and then uh, Willie Cauley Stein is another guy I think on the King side of the ball. Not on the Lakers. It's just really kind of trying to figure out what's ha- going to happen with Lonzo and Isaiah Thomas. And I think that's the route you can take. But again, I don't know. I just don't love the King. I don't love the Lakers side of the ball a lot. Again, it's a pace down game for them, right? Uh, I don't know. I just think we don't have to go too crazy with them and have to kind of get the news on Lonzo Ball before I really make a strong decision on them. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess that uh, we covered this. Or else, there's anyone else you want to mention? No, I'm good on them. Is there anyone else you like a lot uh, on this uh, on the Lakers Kings side, Josh? Or you want to go to the lock and load play? Yeah, let's go to the lock and load play. You got one in the chamber ready to go? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll give you I'll give you a chalky one first, Josh, and then uh, I'll give you like a contrarian tournament one. How's that sound? Uh, so I'll give you mine, and then you can go, and then I'll give you a tournament one after. But uh, my lock and load is going to be a uh, Bielitsa. I know it's easy and simple, but like sometimes I just like the stress when there's like too good of a value play to pass up on. Like even in tournaments, like there's just no reason to like even like get cute. Just play him. Put him in your lineup. Uh, don't avoid him. Uh, people will still not play him in tournaments, and I just think it's crazy to fade him here. So uh, give me all the Bielitsa. He's a guy that I'm going to be lock and load in my lineups, and I'll grab a tournament play while we're at it. But, Josh, give me your uh, lock and load play of the day. It's tough for me. Like, I want to go obvious. I think we could both agree that Westbrook is a guy that we're going to load up on, right? So I don't think I need to make him my lock and load. Um I feel a little too shifty about going like it's a little shaky going mellow as a lock and load, so I don't think I'll do that. Um, so I think where I'm going to go for my lock and load play is going to be yeah, let's go with Lillard. I'm loading up on Damian Lillard. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to try to lie. Uh, Damian Lillard is going to be my lock and load. He's the guy I would want to have 100% exposure to tonight. He's going to absolutely smash against these Suns and just like interchange his pairing him up with like Westbrook and Curry on Fanduel feels good. Um, so yeah, Damian Lillard is the guy for me. Don't mind spending up on him. feel like he'll pay off that price tag. Um, anyone else in mind here, Travis? So, uh, yeah, I'll lock and load. I'll give you a FanDuel specific play. Uh, and I think it's more so specific on there because power forward isn't the prettiest position today. Uh, and he's just really more so underpriced. Uh, you know, it's, it's still a little bit of a bargain compared to DraftKings. And I just like him more over there because I'm forced to play two power forwards is Al Farouk Aminu. Uh, this is a great game environment for him. If we look at the last three games that he played, uh, against the, uh, Against the uh, Phoenix Suns, he had uh, 27, I believe it's 27, uh, 27.8 uh, DraftKings points. Again, on FanDuel, I'm sure that translates to something pretty similar. But uh, 4,900 is just too cheap for him, and we have to play two power forwards. Uh, last two games, 36 minutes and 32 minutes. Uh, I could see him getting a nice, uh, healthy dose of minutes here. Probably like 28 is where I'm projecting him around, uh, maybe even 30. I just This could be such a great game environment for him. So, uh, you know, I, I want some cheap uh, Portland exposure. Give me Alfred. Farouk Aminu, man, I'm going to load up on him on this slate. think he's a really good uh, fan duel-specific play that I'm going to definitely want to get some exposure to. Yeah, sounds good. That's a, a very bold strategy here, so we'll see if it pays off for you. 
yeah, the only the only thing I could see happening, man, is like if there ends up being like too much value, then I could see myself maybe paying up for like a couple of these six K guys in my cash games. But man, like in tournaments, I just think that's gonna be such a such a really good value play that might might give you that extra little boost to get like up from one guy to another. So uh again, I think that six K range is really juicy on FanDuel, but I I love that price tag on Alfred Camino for forty nine hundred. All right, so that's it. We covered the slate for you guys. Go ahead, give us a follow on Twitter for any updates. Shoot over any questions or comments as well. You can follow me at Real Joshua Giant. You can follow Travis at Travis Mango, and that's at Travis M A N G O N E. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the games tonight. Looking forward to watching the games, and then we will be back with you guys tomorrow for my co-host Travis Mango, and I'm Joshua Giant. Peace out, guys. do it right to find the right gifts for dad this father's day we do it right too with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn now get a charbroil four burner advantage series gas grill for just 169 dollars, and pick up your choice of craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only 99 dollars each make this father's day his best one yet and do it right for less start with lowe's charbroil offer valid through 612 craftsman offer valid through 619 us only and now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.